Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Shmipu, in this episode 236. I am joined, as always, on a somewhat gloomy Thursday uh, here by my co-host, Prez, that is at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I watched the game yesterday, but I only, like, really paid attention for, like, maybe half of it like the middle half but the missed the first like five six minutes um didn't didn't really give my full attention to the fourth quarter so there may be some some blanks in the memory there uh there might be and we will talk about those blanks uh but before we get started i do have to announce this triple nice patreon you can subscribe to it there are a number of tiers there's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Drew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. the Doug Cast. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation about the Knicks never stops. There are further tiers. This is $9 here that gets you access to premium articles written by Matthew Miranda and Jack Cunley, two of the best in the business. You also get access to Strickland Roll. My solo pot, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. There are further tiers. There's a fifteen dollar tier, thirty dollar tier, fifty dollar tier, and hundred dollar tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, um, yeah, I, I just want to say, like, in general, I don't really care about preseason. Like, I. I you can probably go back and look at previous preseason tweets and stuff like that. Not even this, like, good or bad, I mostly do not care. To me, it's mostly just about, like, one, are you – is the process of – like, you can judge the process of things, and I think you can judge, like, does a guy look like he's in shape? Does he look like he's ready? Yeah. Does he look like those things? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, when I see people, like, freaking out, like, Oh, quickly he's not passing that much. Like uh, I'm like, like, yeah, he's not. I agree. But like I've seen two years of evidence of him like in real NBA games be a lot better than he was last night. And so like I just don't care. Um and I've I seen feel like ev- every preseason is like you're like the um like the Ben Affleck smoking meme. <laughs> 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 like that's you just like dealing with like one week of takes. You're just like, uh like Viserys from fucking House of the Dragon. Yeah, I'm like I got like no eye. Like, half my fucking face is gone here. Uh, you know, I'm watching my family just kill each other over you here. Just tear each other apart over <laughs> petty differences. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, is it a big deal who the queen is or who the king is? Is the line of succession that important to you? Um, no, look, I just, I understand why, like, like it's fine. Like, analyze yeah. it. There's, yeah, d- yeah. there's stuff to take away from it. But it's just like... You know, like, there's stuff, like, I saw, like, Usman Jang had, like, a couple of nice dribbles, and there are people like, oh, my God, like, can't believe we didn't take Usman Jang. And I'm like, do you really, like, 
can I just explain to you? Uh, you're like you wrote a seven billion word piece, I'm just <laughs> uh, and it's like, like I think one of your primary things was like he's a guy who you need to give a lot of on ball reps to to figure out and flesh out his game. Yeah, and he like, just he wouldn't he wouldn't work on the Knicks not because he's not good, but just he who the fuck is he gonna play over? I mean, yeah. We can talk about it later, but he might play for Cam. But aside from that, like in the regular season, he just literally wouldn't play. Yeah, and and so like my thing is, if we're gonna look at process stuff, like if I was to criticize quickly yesterday, I would say the bad process wasn't going four of eighteen. The bad process was like not going four of fourteen and kicking out for passes four or five times. Like that to me is the bad process. It's not that he shot the ball a bunch or he shot poorly. It's like there were times he got in the lane, and I'm like. Yeah, maybe you should kick out to three there. Or maybe they had a dump-off pass. But, like, I, I had also... no problem with most of his shots. Right, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, the passing... Like, he's, he's trying to get some buckets. Let the man try to get some buckets. You like it when he's a bucket? Let him try to get some buckets. Yeah, not and that I thought, serious. Yeah, and I thought, like, you know, he was not... He seemed, like, tentative off the bounce yesterday. I felt like he was just... I know there was, like, some discourse of, like, oh, Matherin, like, fucking shut him down. And I just thought it was not that. Um, I thought it was more just that, like, he, I don't think he knows how to play with Hartenstein right now. And, like, that's a really big problem because... Nobody on the bench did until, like, the last 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> well, even and even that was, like, it was kind of gimmicky. They were just, like, it was very high school offense-ish, like, very college, like, oh, we'll give it to the guy in the high post, and then we'll all run, like, 70 billion back cuts. And it's, like, once the Pacers took a timeout, they were, like, so they're just going to run 70 billion back cuts. It was like, oh, fuck. But if you just, like, like one of the major problems, is, and this is, not even, I'm not even going to say problem, so I'm trying to keep my Thibodeau criticism to a minimum right now. <laughs> but, like, one of the criticisms of a Thibodeau offense is that it's, like, very basic. And part of that simplicity is that it's very dependent on 1-5 pick-and-roll, pistol action, handoff stuff, whatever you want to call it. Um, well, not even necessarily one five, but we can call it ball handler five. Big guy, right? Yeah. And when you don't have a good understanding with that big guy of how to play in the pick and roll, that's a problem. And Hartenstein is a lot different from bigs like Mitch or Sims, where those guys, once they set a screen, and in Mitch's case, I'm using heavy air quotes when I say set a screen, um, they are trying to get to the rim as fast as possible because they are trying to get there for the lob, right? They're they're trying to beat you to the rim. Hartenstein is not that type of vertical athlete. He is not that type of explosive player. So he has to keep the roll pocket open for longer, and part of that is trailing the drive. And that is a totally different cadence than really, like, look at the bigs that we've run pick and roll with for the past two years. Todd is the only guy that did that. And he was very different to Hartenstein because he wasn't even really trying to get to the rim for the most part. He was trying to like pick and pop like 16 footers type of shit. Hartenstein's still trying to roll or he's just staying up top and like trying to set another action. It's just a very different. Even his roles are different. Like he, he doesn't roll to fucking slam on your face. (laughs) He rolls to floater range. Right. He rolls to floater pass dribble range and Mitch rolls to like, I'm going to put my arm inside the hoop range. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like that's a thing. And, and that's a thing that not doesn't just affect your point guard, who in this case was quickly 
or your or your center in this case heart and center it affects everybody mm-hmm. because the spacing is different what you need to do is different and then also like i think if we're going to be real about player criticism and we'll talk about cam but like i need deuce to do more than be frank like i'm yeah, sorry he can't, like, he can't be he can't be a wing i think we talked about it a little bit before but all he's playing right now is like a role player wing and that's why like i you know like if I'm Tibbs, I'm like, no, like, no, don't trade Rose. Like, we, he's the he's the second creator ball handler we have after quickly on the bench, and Deuce can't do that. Deuce is just a short wing. Like, he doesn't really do anything for me. So, and, and I would agree with Tibbs on that. Like, it, it's you're right. Like, it's 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 really annoying just seeing him just relegate himself to you know, to, to just three and D and his handle isn't up to par to drive. So like, I get why he's not doing it and he doesn't really know how to leverage his body yet. So he's kind of just stuck developmentally until he takes that step. And, you know, even in the G league, like he was an outside in pick and roll jump shooting guy. It wasn't really driving to the bucket like that. He was like the best guard in the G League in spite of that weakness. So it doesn't look like he's really progressed in that front. And that's one of those things where I think it's like you were saying, like there are certain things that's fair to judge from preseason, like new skills or tendencies or, you know, micro stuff. Um, And yeah, like if he does this, then he might play if like Rose is injured or something like that. But it's going to be a whole lot of, you know, if he's on the court with Quick, then Quick is going to have to do everything from the initiation standpoint. It's not going to be well, and and that was know. what was that was what was weird to me, and not weird. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, if there's one thing I'll give Tom Thibodeau credit for last night, it is that like I actually don't mind him being like, no, Quick, you, like no, Deuce, you bring the ball up. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind that because it's like if there's a time to make him do it, it's mm-hmm. right now. Right, it is right now. Go take, bring the ball up against Andrew Nembhard. Okay, just do that. And the fact, like, it's not even. I, I would. I hate even saying that he struggled to do it because it's like he just accepted that he had to walk the ball up against it. Right, um, like his duties ended with crossing half court. <laughs> and, but he and he just walked the ball up. Like he was not trying to bring the ball up at pace. I hated watching it. Um, and like. I'm not at the point, I'm still not at the point where I'm like, oh my god, like, is Deuce a nothing player? But I am at the point where, like, if he's gonna play, he's just, like, let's put it this way, you can't play him and Cam together right now. I'll tell you that much. No, um, no, no. You, they're yeah. both really unhelpful on offense. <laughs> right now, yeah. Well, to put it nicely. <laughs> especially in a situation where you need them to, like, create something. Um, like, I would have really been interested to see Cam it with IQ and and Rose. And, like, let's we can also be realistic here in the sense of, like, look, we've seen, we've seen IQ, Deuce, Cam play actual NBA minutes and look okay together. Like, actually look pretty good together, right? Go back to that Clippers game. There's a few games they had, right? Um, but one of the interesting things to note there is that Cam was playing at the four, right? He didn't play at the three in those. 
That was when Obi was out. So he played at the four. I think that's a notable difference. Um, and I just think, like, look, I, 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 in general, I've been saying this since the start of preseason. Like, it is very obvious to me the bench is really figuring things out with Hartenstein. I think it's a very different dynamic. And that sounds ridiculous because you're like, how does one player change so much? But when that one player is so central to, like, the base of your offense because of how Tom Thibodeau runs his offense, I think it is very understandable. And if we're going to be even more real, like, I didn't think the starters played that great either. Like, they played better. They made more shots. And most of that was, like, just RJ played well and Randall. I, yeah, they're figuring fine. it out too. Yeah, a lot, there's, a, there's, there's really a lot of changes going on. And one analogy I like using for people um, is, I don't know if, like, people listening have played rec league hoops as adults or intramurals in college or whatever, but, like, when people when you play zone defense – if you play zone defense like versus a team that has like any shred of shooting and actual organized ball experience, you're probably going to get your ass handed to you because it's super easy to break if you have shooters like a, a regular old 2-3 zone and if you people don't realize like, you know, you you play man to man for years, most people growing up that's what they play in little leagues and high school or middle school or whatever and zone is just as difficult as man to man there's just as many intricacies but people just try to throw it out there like a change up and most teams are bad at it and you see that well into college for the most part that's why there's very few teams that run zone like full time like Qs you know throughout their their years or whatever and it's the same thing with and off like one offense based on pick and rolls versus an offense based in cutting. Like the Knicks, the Knicks have avoided any semblance of cuts for like five years, ten years. Like they're constantly last, second to last, third to last. Um, I don't think they've been higher than third to last in cuts for like a decade, dead ass. And you can one question that I was kind of watching. Um, I, I was thinking of doing a, a Twitter thread about just like things that I'm looking for this season early on that are a little less discussed. And one question I had is like, do the Knicks players not know how to cut or have they just not cut because they haven't had a player who give them the ball when they're cutting, right? Like a chicken and egg thing. And to your point, like you can see them kind of realizing, albeit in a kind of fluky like fuck it let's try it out type of way in the end of the game they were like oh if i if i do this he'll throw it and it was guys like cam guys like iq like a lot of guys we've seen before and they just didn't cut in the past so i still don't know the answer to that question but it's like just because you have the guy and you're willing to cut that's half the battle they're still like we saw like it's it's learning how to do that within the flow of the offense right like not cutting into a clogged space, like timing your cuts. There's once you get the cut, there's how do you finish, right? Like one reason why iHeart and his shit work so well with the Clippers is because everybody, like for the most part, except for Reggie Jackson, like people on the Clippers are big. So if any of these wingish dudes on the Clippers catches the ball, like eight feet from the hoop, it's pretty much a bucket, but the Knicks are small. So you saw guys like Deuce and IQ and everybody like, and Cam, because he's even though he's tall, he's basically functionally a small person in terms of how he attacks the rim. So, like sometimes they would get open baskets, which is awesome. But sometimes it's like, oh, I have the ball off the cut, but I'm I'm not used to this kind of finish off of a you know no dribble, just off ball movement. So like it, it takes a lot of getting used to. 
And then the added layer of having only, you know, this this Knicks offense, their bench was is often used to two dribble guys with Rose. I mean, even when they got when Rose got hurt last year, like it was definitely a little bit more the IQ show after that. But like, it's different when you have Deuce and Cam who are just absolute non-creators. Like we talked in the summer league about like how awesome it was that Grimes is like able to attack closeouts and stuff like that and make simple like Danny Green passes, like one dribble pass, one dribble layup. Deuce and Cam can't do that. They can't do that basic thing. So like even secondary, they don't even have secondary creation for others. So that's another layer of it where guys like IQ and and iHeart and everybody were getting used to it. So I'm, I'm not really taking much from these bench stints other than what you said. They're they're figuring it out, and the bench is going to look a lot different in the regular season because I don't think Cam's going to play. I don't think Deuce is going to play much short of injuries. Um, if Grimes is out there, it'll look a lot different. Um, if they ever make the switch to Grimes starting and Fournier out there, I think it'll look radically different, and I think it'll look fucking incredible. I think... I'm already willing to put money that like there's going to be a point where that switch happens because it sounds like Tibbs and this is like tea leaf stuff, but it sounds like Tibbs was genuinely ready to potentially give Grimes the opportunity to start if he played well. But because there's a weird, annoying way of doing things in his brain where it's like you have to quote unquote earn it. So you were injured. So I can't in good conscience give you the starting spot because you weren't here playing. And we heard Grimes quote that basically confirmed that, that said like, you know, I wasn't there and Evan was, so of course he's starting. So like the window, I don't think the window's closed. It'll probably take a while because that's how Tibbs is. But I do think at some point that switch will happen. And then you'll see like IQ Rose Fournier, which is a whole lot different than IQ Deuce Cam, because you'll have three guys who can create and pass and, that's when you'll really see like the bench return to fucking gangbusters mode. I mean, it'll do it even if it's IQ Rose and Grimes and Obi, cause that's still a hell of a, a lineup and a hell of a, that's like three shooters for IQ to give the ball to. Right. So it's, and now Obi's fucking dribbling. So that's three guys who can dribble. So um, yeah, this bench, like I, I feel like people were putting a lot more of this bench struggles on iq because he missed a lot of shots and a lot of those shots were good shots he took um 18 shots 17 if you take out a 40 footer and five of them were at the rim three of them were in short floater range like so that you're talking eight near the hoop for the most part out of 17 that's almost half so I have absolutely no problem with that. And that's with him, like you said, not passing as much. So like, if you're going to tell me process wise, he's taking threes and he's taking about half his shots in the paint. Yeah. Give me that shit every time, bro. <laughs> like that's the move. Like sometimes you're going to come up against miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson. Guess what? Like miles Turner may be weird, but he's an elite rim protector. Isaiah Jackson, my son is still figuring out how to, you know, not be playing like on Red Bull all the time, but he's a really good rim protector too. Um, so I'm, I'm not really worried about IQ. I think it was the bench's struggles kind of reflecting in him being the lead shooter. 
Yeah, I, again, I, I don't even want to really talk about it to an extent because it feels like I'm yeah. defending something that I don't really think needs to be defended that much. Um, I thought Obi was fine. I, look, I'll, I'll be honest too. Like, I think the Pacers just tried a lot harder than the Knicks did the entire game. Um, they were full court pressing from the start. Like, I full court press too against these motherfuckers, not, especially the bench. Like. I don't care about that. I'm not going to defend this shit. You're fucking full court pressing there with TJ. TJ McConnell's a fucking dick. He needs to get punched in the face. Fuck him. <laughs> I hate that guy. Um, just taking and like playing like a fucking playoff game in the regular in preseason. Get the fuck out of here, dude. You're not like some tro- You're not trying to make the team. You don't have a guaranteed contract. You're a fucking bum. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I, I just they they played a lot harder. They wanted to win this game. You could see it the entire time. Like. R- like RJ, I thought had a great offensive game. He got back cut like seven thousand times. He basically died on every screen, quote unquote, trying to fight around it. Duarte got to the rim about any time he tried. Um, Obi got back cut a bunch. Everybody got back cut like six thousand times. All right, it's just they clearly were not super locked in. Is that um, their last preseason game? No, they have one on Friday. I would suspect uh-huh. a much better effort on Friday, um, and. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I really would suggest people, like, again, preseason is not that serious, which is why T.J. McConnell's a loser. Um, and I would, like, it's a lot more important for Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhard than it is for most of the guys in the Knicks, aside from probably guys like Deuce and Cam Reddish, yeah. um, ironically. So... Like and Deuce, like, let's be fair. I think Deuce played really well the first two games, but last game, yesterday he was terrible. He had no impact. He was super tentative, and he missed. He even the shots he took, it's like he didn't want to take them. He had to take them. Um, and I, I just you know you want more than that from him at this point. Like he's he's not he's young, but he's not that young. He's in a second year now. Like he should be like. I'm sorry, dude. Like when Andrew Nemhard is cooking you on the other end, like you should feel like Andrew yeah. Nemhard is your competition. Right. Like that—that's what—that's the thing. Like Nemhard's a rook, but like Deuce is a second-year, second-round pick. He's my that, son, but like he's not guaranteed like to finish out this contract, <laughs> which is basically what Nemhard is doing, right? Nemhard is fighting for a Deuce spot, like fifteenth man on a rebuilding team or whatever, and. You saw how Nemhard was going at it. Like, that's the energy Deuce needs for preseason. Like, yeah, it's that important for Deuce because that shit's not going to be handed to you. you like, like, you don't got it like that right now. Um, yeah, it's it's just like, again, I just want to see more from him. Uh, and I think he has more game. It's just a matter of, like, are you confident enough to call your own shots? And not even call your own shots, but, like, try to... Like, the, what was really annoying to me is he actually, pretty early in the first half when he got in the game, he drove in, he got into the paint, he tried to lay up, he missed it, but I liked that drive. I was like, okay, good. Like, he got into the paint, tried to make a layup, Isaiah Jackson impacted the shot, he got it on the rim, like, he takes that shot, he's making it at least 50% of the time. I'm, I'm good with that. Take that shot. Um, and... 
he got into the paint like one more time, like two more times mm-hmm. the rest of the game. One was on a cut, which is obviously entirely different. He was then, wide open, right? Yeah, on and the then cut. the other one was a floater, which he missed. But I'm like fine with him taking a floater. But like, I'm just like, you clearly could have gotten into the paint. Like, it wasn't about can you? It's about will you? And when you don't, then you're putting the ball back on IQ, top of the key against a set defense. He has to do this entire thing with Hardenstein. Like, it just, it has all of these trickle-down effects. And it's like, instead of, like, you can do the same thing. Like, even if you want to swing the ball to IQ, right? You can, like, do something to nominally move the defense and then swing it to the side. And now it's a totally different situation. Not totally, but it's a different situation. Um, Like, we even saw that with, I think there was one possession in the second half where quickly brought it up. He kind of did the same thing. He, you know, he used the screen for Hardenstein, dribbled over to the right. The defense shifted just a little bit. He swung it back to Deuce, who then swung it to Cam, who had a corner three, which he obviously missed. Um, but, like, it was a good shot. It was a good yeah. open yeah. corner three. And it's like, that's, like, not some high-end playmaking thing from quickly, but it's like, those are the small things you can do without even being some paint-driving monster. Right. Deuce has to do that. Otherwise, there's just no reason for him to be out. He's not giving Tibbs any reason for him to be out there. He's not going to do that. So, um yeah, like I, I thought it was a discouraging like like I don't I again I just don't care about quickly and Obi right now. Like I'll care in the regular season. Once the actual game start, then I can start caring about like what they do. Um and if people are losing their minds over quickly going four of twenty or four of eighteen, I would recommend you go check out the box score last night of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Atlanta Hawks game. Go check out their backcourt shooting numbers and you might calm the fuck down. Um <laughs> but like but to bring it back to the Knicks, like, man, Cam was just like, I just don't know what to do with him at this point where it's like, like, the thing is, even within this clusterfuck of a game, there were flashes where you're like, and I know, like, he takes these stupid, like, layups where he gets smaller than he should be, but he also has, like, nice, it's weird, I think he finishes better going to his left than he does going to his right. Um, he also he has- draws a lot of contact and and that's the to me like I mean I can't say that's the most annoying part because there's lots of annoying parts but like when he goes downhill I'm just like bruh, just run into people like you already draw free throws just by being a large human being <laughs> even though you're trying to like dipsy do duck up and under triple pump fake like bro just run into motherfuckers like take a cue from your fucking Duke teammates bro <laughs> well yeah I mean somebody in the Discord brought this up yesterday but it was like. It was really, it's like, it, like everything Cam does is like very smooth and it looks nice, but like the results are just not there. And then it's like RJ is like very mechanical, like straight line driver type of thing. And not that like RJ is like, like you know, not yet anyway, but he hasn't proven to be like the greatest fucking player, but he's just way more effective. Right. And it's like that sums up their... It's, yeah. like, funny how they were viewed, like, they've been viewed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, Cam's, like, oh, he has so much potential and upside and all these things. And, like, I I do buy that to an extent because, again, like, I can sit here and be down on him. At the end of the day, you're 6'8", like, you move the way he does. I'm going to I'm gonna keep giving you chances in some capacity, not on, like, a real contract. But, like, that guy's going to keep getting, like, chances in the NBA until he's, like, 25, 26, 27. Like, just, that's just the reality of it. He's too big and he's too like athletically gifted for that not to happen. Like, whereas RJ is just like, 
like there's always the conversation with RJ but it's like oh is he like limited upside and all these kind of things and it's like yeah maybe he is I, I think that's kind of bullshit but like let's just say he is even that's just like a functionally much better player than Cam has ever proven to be so it's just funny to like see that they're on the same team but yeah I mean Cam I just like, hate his process so much like he's literally like like bottom tier in terms of how he thinks the game and even like that's why it was so important for him to like embrace the role player stuff and just being having it be absolute simple, like try like catch and shoot or straight line drive, maybe with the Euro step, like no more than three dribbles, you know, keep that shit simple. But, and then on defense is the, you know, obviously he's very good at getting his hands on the ball, but not so great at all the off ball stuff. And it's just like, he even like attacking closeouts, like, simple shit like he just i'm constantly just like what are you fucking doing like why are you euro stepping here why are you stopping here why are you taking this kind of layup and like it doesn't it he's just shooting himself in the foot constantly it's crazy the nfl action is in full swing at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl we're talking touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of JID, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge trust me raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life raycons are priced just right you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands it's no wonder raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews I personally just love the, uh, the the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh, the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in. And uh, let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Like, so uh, as an example, I thought throughout the preseason, IQ has like taken some questionable layup opportunities one to try and draw contact but because he's also trying to like show that he can finish more at the rim 
Um, and so that results in some ugly stuff that, like, we saw yesterday, right? But we've seen, like, better versions of the first two games. But ultimately, like, the stuff that he's struggling with, to me, are broadly under the same umbrella. It's, like, the same type of thing. Whereas with Cam, I'm like, I don't know what, like, what is the consistent thing you're trying to achieve? I don't know. And that's that's the thing that is so weird for me. Because I'm just like, I swear he played better. And may- maybe he's just getting back up to speed. I know he ha- he sprained his ankle. Who knows? I think like- part of it is the who was out there. Like, you alluded to it before, where, like, you know, we were talking about IQ having, IQ and iHeart having all the creation burden. I think what Cam saw was, like, hey, like, nobody really knows how to play with iHeart. We're not, we're sort of running through him, but we're not. IQ is having a rough shooting night. Let me try to help by getting some off, right? And that is uh, anytime Cam says maybe it's Cam time, then you know, you know, it's not going to work out. That's not that's not his jam. So, um, you know, you've talked about it before that like who Cam plays with is really important um, because yeah, like- he needs a lot of things to be set up for success. But once he's in that position, theoretically, he could be very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought... So he had, like, one really atrocious defensive thing yesterday where, like, it was actually after that corner three I mentioned earlier. He's, like, back, he's getting back on defense, and he has to pick up... I think it was Isaiah Jackson. And he was in position to do it. And he, and he did the right thing, which is, like, he was, like, backpedaling so he could kind of maintain, okay, where's Isaiah Jackson? Where's the ball? Right, so that's the right thing, but then for some reason he inexplicably takes a step towards the ball, which opened up this easy lob opportunity for Isaiah Jackson. And like, I was just like, "Man, what the hell are you doing?" But like, I'm I don't know. Maybe I maybe need to rewatch it. Maybe I'm like being too. But I thought in general his defense yesterday was a lot better than it had been the first two games. Like, was it great? Was it perfect? No, it was definitely better than the the first two games. Like he was not, he was not, not saying too, much, but it was yeah. for sure. Yeah, he wasn't like all over the place. He wasn't like two steps behind his guy. Like, mm-hmm. like he still he didn't he actually I think the, one of the first possessions he came in, he actually did a good job staying attached over a screen, which I remembered, and I was like, oh, that's actually like, like that's good. Like that's like legitimately a thing that he needs to get better at. So it's really good to see that. So it was like I, I actually was encouraged to an extent on the defensive end. Whereas offensively, you're just like, dude, you're making. I understand some of this is like who you're playing with, and the fact that yeah, Quickly's having a bad game, and Hartenstein's fit. Like, I understand. You gotta know your role, though. You gotta know your role. Tibbs always talks about that shit. And not even just knowing your role, but like, guess what? Like, Tibbs isn't expecting you to be the one to create shit. So, like, it is okay if you just accept that. Like, you know what? Like, you get the ball. You try to attack a closeout. It's not there. Guess what? Swing it back out and let quickly. Don't take go. a pull up. <laughs> yeah, and 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 let let quickly go four of twenty five. You know, let him have to deal with that. Like you don't like your right. job right now is just to do the thing that Tibbs is asking you to do. And I am like again, I'm always fine with these, especially young players trying to flesh shit out in preseason. But to me, like. He's not like those were not quality shots he took a lot of the time. They're not even shots that I'm like, oh, I understand what he was doing. They're just shots that I'm like, you made a bad decision to not reset the offense. He got and, 
the, like you you created your you created your own grenade. You know, right. you, you yeah. know those possessions of like oh he tossed him a grenade. Cam like got the like he get the ball. <laughs> it was like seven seconds left, and he could have easily swung it back out, or at least pulled the ball back out himself to get a clearer runway. Even if all you wanted to do was take a pull up, and it's like instead of that, he's just overcomplicating things mm-hmm. and making a bad decision and it's like yeah you're like you're pulling the pin on a grenade and then holding on to it yourself I, I don't know what to do with that so I don't know I, I hope like if I was the Knicks I would be I, I really wouldn't put too much value on like or not value I would not worry much about like like I would probably just not play Randall the final game of the preseason um, and I would have Cam be the backup for, and I would just like to see Obi start and play with the starters. And like, you know, look, if we're going to talk about one thing, I will I will be critical of Tips for yesterday is, and this is actually funny because I'm going to praise Tips for something as well. One of the things, bah, 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 bah. yeah, <laughs> yes. No matter, like, I, I had really big issues, obviously, with Burke starting consistently throughout the end of last season. But one thing he did, rest in peace, AB. Yeah, but, yes. <laughs> but one thing, one thing he did really well, Tibbs, in that stint was we were kind of shorthanded. But what he did well is that when IQ would come in, when IQ was in, he was always on the floor with one of RJ or Burks. And what was good about that is it gave you a nominal second, right. create, secondary creator, and so that just makes things naturally a lot easier to manage, right? And that was a good thing. What I hated about yesterday was it was obvious that Deuce and like maybe this was Tibbs just wanting them to play through it and dealing with it and whatever. I think so. But I also would have just liked to see more IQ with Brunson because the very minimal minutes we saw. They did play together, together for a little, right? Yeah, it was like two minutes combined probably in each half. Um but like those actually looked really good. And I just would like to see more of that because, like, let's be real, if it comes down, like, there are definitely games and situations where we could be like, yeah, Rose is out, Grimes is out. Like, I don't think in the regular season Tibbs is going to be like, yep, that means Deuce and Cameron, no matter what. Like, I think he would stagger that. And maybe he's done it in practice and he just trusts it and doesn't really worry about it. But, like, I would have liked to see them get more game reps. And... I would just, in general, like, the lack of minutes for RJ with IQ and OB to me is just, like, I don't understand it. I think it's really problematic. It's been a problem for three years or two years now, going on three years. I believe that they've only played about, like, 390 minutes or something like that together over two years, those three. I just don't understand that. And I think it's, like, like it, it, in the in the – analysis of yesterday's game i can understand if tibbs just made that decision because he was like i want these guys to deal with it and see what happens which is fine but like i also have seen tibbs do this for two years so i don't know if it's just that and you know we again i just this is why i'm trying to wait until regular season to have some any serious takes about this but like it is definitely something that is in the back of my mind of like Will we see it? Are we going to see it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, it, it'll be, it's definitely a thing worth tracking. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen Tibbs go to IQ in the fourth quarter a lot um, with, you know, AB last season. So 
Uh, I'm sure he'll weirdly be open to that, um, even if IQ sometimes gets the short stick otherwise, because he's been open to that in the past. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to monitor. I mean, more likely than not, Brunson and IQ are our two best guards, but it does. I I do think you might be onto something with like he he's he is messing around a little bit, Tibbs. Um, not with all the things that we want him to mess around with, but with some of them. So, uh, and that includes end of the bench guys like Deuce and Cam. So it is what it is. I don't think he's super worried about like. Like, yes, it, the starters need to also get their chemistry together and all that, but um, I don't think seeing how different guys play with the starters is a priority to him right now. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.